believe you can, and you're halfway there. Theodore Roosevelt. Meet Mary Polanco. She is a retired Air Force veteran, author, coach, leadership mentor, and a woman of many passions. She grew up in Pennsylvania as the youngest of eight children. After turning 18 and going to college with no, no degree plan in mind, she decided to join the United States Air Force. The Air Force provided her the opportunity to travel the world and as a result lived in England, Korea, Hawaii, and the Middle East. During this time in the military, Mary worked in law enforcement and as a medic. However, it was not until she had a chance to be an instructor teaching leadership and management courses where she truly found a passion for both those areas. For both those areas. This discovery drove Mary to completing both her bachelor's and master's degree in strategic leadership. Ultimately, the path led to Mary's last job in the military as a senior listed advisor for the Air Force's Resilience Office out of the Pentagon, where she found her true passion of living well. Without further ado, passing the torch with retired Chief Master Sergeant Mary Polanco starts now. First and foremost, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much. What an intro! When you brought in youngest of eight children, I was like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> I had to catch my breath. I mean, it was—it was—I it was, it, felt like I was watching cops. It's like, "Hey guys, sub, <laughs> sub, sub." Uh, whew, and that's only a small snippet, which leads me to my. This is the one question I have. Are you ready? I'm ready. Because you've done a lot. So I've. It's weird. Like when we say research is like the professional, like, hey, I research you. That's the professional way of like, hey, I've been stalking you online. (laughs) So if if you received an email notification that says, hey, you appeared in two LinkedIn searches this week. I'm one of those searches. (laughs) There you go. Face to a name. All right. So you've you've accomplished a lot. And we were talking a little bit before and talked about retiring from the military last year. But you have accomplished many things in the military and, and even since retirement. How do you describe what you do to someone meeting you for the first time? Oh my gosh. I I, I have to contain myself because I I want to say I'm living the life I designed. And, nice. and then of course people would look at me like I'm crazy. But I, I think I'm my most authentic answer would really have to include that I'm on a mission to share a wellness mission or okay. a wellness vision, excuse me. That that's my mission. I'm just I'm I really want to bring awareness to our own well-being and prioritizing self and what that can do to change your life. Like that is just where my passion is pulling me. So, what I do though, um, you know, when it comes down to brass tacks, leadership and personal development. That's that's really what I do. Yeah. No, I love it. That's pretty good. And I was really proud of myself for coming up with that question. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. And I was <laughs> showing my life. Well, I, I was talking to my wife. I'm like, you know, I was kind of explaining the background and that you're friends with our fr- mutual friend, Susan. And I was like, I'm going to ask this question and get it started. And my wife's like, that's that's pretty good, you know? And it's yeah. that leads me to a follow-up. As someone who came at, at, in, in your bio, I talked about the reason why you joined the Air Force at age mm-hmm. 18. As someone who came into the military without a plan, like many of us, because I think a lot of people in the military joined at age 18 or 19, what was it about the military environment that turned you into someone with a clear vision and goal in mind? I think the fact that I got a second chance. And and when I say that, I mean, I came in completely naive. I remember when my, my mom sent me off to MEPS and said, whatever you do, don't pick military police. 
And I was like, ah, whatever. So I go and I go to MEPS and I come back and she's like, what job did you get? I said, security forces. And she goes, what is that? I said, what's the first line of defense for the base, mom? And she goes, okay, do you hear yourself? So it didn't start off great. But I think my second chance was given to me when I had the opportunity to cross train because I knew that security forces did not fit my temperament for the long haul. But when they gave me a chance to go into um, medical optometry specific, I felt like a new lease on life. And then I just, everything fell into place. I got to take all the things I loved about the Air Force with me, leave all the things that didn't fit and start anew. And that's really when I started to that process. But the, to answer your specific question, it was when I stepped into PME. When okay. I became an, an Airman Leadership um, School and NCOA instructor, that was really when like the floodgates opened to the possibilities of what I could, what I could do, what I loved. That was really when it happened. That's awesome. So like during that time, you talked about like, you know, we're venturing into the, your time as a PME. Did you have an epiphany or that aha moment you consider as a catalyst for understanding how to best, how to best express yourself? Express yourself. <laughs> um. I had an aha moment. I don't know if this is what you're, please tell me if this isn't what you're asking. Just go, just go for it. Yeah, I did. This is crazy because you know, you're, you're in training and you're getting ready to step in front of the class for the first time. And my trainer, if he watches this Rich, will understand because he was there beside me, but I, I was so unbelievably nervous because I had this lesson plan and Ironically enough, it was stress management that I was teaching. And I was fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. It was so scary. But at the same exact time, I felt like I was home. And I I was the heart palpitations, the nerves, the sweating. But then I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be doing this. And so I think that was, and I paid attention to that feeling because that has really uh, helped me pay more attention to my instincts and intuition as I moved forward in my career. I lost a little bit later on. We'll might talk about that, but, but yeah, I think that was my big aha moment of like, whoa, this, you can simultaneously be terrified and feel like you're self-actualizing <laughs> at the same time. On that, it just made me think of what is something you would tell your younger self after that first big rejection or that first big where you felt like you failed at something. Oh my goodness. So my, I I feel like being a parent is almost like you get to do that question in real life. It's good. Yeah. Because I, because I, I talk to my kids all the time. I have a 13 year old daughter and I just, I have to filter the way this present is presented, but I just don't feel like failure exists. I don't, I think it's something we've made up so that we could feel less than and trying to fit into societal expectations. I just don't think it is. I think there is a journey and the journey takes you where you're supposed to go and you're going to have to figure things out along the way. And when I say figure things out, that's what most of us call failure. Um, And that's what I would tell my younger self is, you know, that, that first time you feel like you're failing, just pay attention to what you're supposed to be learning. And likely you're going to leapfrog <laughs> over to what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's, it's almost like quantum leap. It's one of my favorite. I, I love quantum leap. I've been watching the new series, but you know, you get to kind of with kids, I feel like you get to write some of your past wrongs. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter's 11. So I, you know, similar, uh, close in age. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. You talked about designing a life earlier. Uh, I forget like what part you threw it in. I don't know if it was as we started recording or before we started recording. 
what impact is waiting for a particular time in our lives to start designing the life we desire have on someone's mental and emotional health? And that we, you know, and and I, I thought about this as, as we started talking, just because, you know, I opened up about some of the things I've been struggling with mentally where I've been holding myself back because Mm -hmm. of, analysis paralysis or whatever, right? Yeah, what impact is waiting for a particular time in our lives to start designing the life we desire have on someone's mental and emotional health? Well, I think that we, by doing that, we are delaying an inevitable calling. And it's it will likely, it could possibly, I won't say likely, it could possibly spiral someone into something very negative. Because there's this, there's this, and this is exactly what I, I'm glad you brought that up because this is exactly what I was said before when I said, maybe we'll talk about that. I had spent probably the last seven years of my career, uh, denying myself pretty much everything. Um, I didn't take care of myself. I neglected my well being. I put everyone and everything ahead of me because I felt like that was my badge of honor. That was how I showed I was worth it. I was worthy. And I really didn't want to stop and answer the question, Mary, what do you even want? You know, what is it that you want? Because everybody else had a, and I I don't mean everybody else in a specific way. I mean, the system had a plan laid out for me. You know, I was, I was a chief by 20 and boy, I had 10 years left. Right. So it was, uh, an opportunity for me. Now I look back on it. And again, when I, I don't kind of take those absolutes of negatives, I look back on my severe anxiety and depression as the greatest gift of my life, because it was my body telling me to take a knee because I wouldn't listen. And when I did that, I started the work and I have to tell you, I had no idea where that inner work path would take me. I for sure didn't think it would take me to retirement at 23 years. Yeah. Um, but I was just, what you're, what you're asking is I just delayed what I probably should have started working on a decade ago, you know? And so that's what the impact could be is that you could further uh, neglect yourself and keep yourself hidden from your greatest talents and from your, uh, just your greatness in general. So what's like something specific? You're like, man, I wish I would have did this five years ago. So I know you're probably going to be like, all right, this conversation's over. I don't say that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so here's, and the reason is I feel it's important to, to clarify that because I love my journey. I, I just everything about my journey. So if I were to tell someone else, what would you don't do this, try this. Um, I would say I would really try to quiet, get sit in the quiet my goodness, is life noisy. And I don't want to speak for anyone else. I can speak for myself and my career being a superintendent. You know, all of the things we do, it was just so noisy. And I never felt like I could catch up. And I think what people need to do and what I would advise someone else is stop. Just stop. Just when you unplug, unplug. Like stop putting your your identity and your worth in these external factors. Know that you're enough just being who you are. Know that whatever's meant to be is going to come your way. Stop running yourself into the ground. You know, take a knee often and preemptively, not when you're burnt out. Now, I've, I've struggled with that where, and that's been a hard lesson I learned, actually probably within the past seven years, was waiting to take a knee or waiting till I'm, I'm feeling burnt out versus being almost like prehab. It's, it's like stretching before you work out or warming up. 
Mm-hmm. You, you talked about just kind of, you know, taking a knee and avoiding burnout and making sure like we're, we're taking care of ourselves. In a perfect world, if this process were just, you know, snap your fingers and easy, what would that, what would you say that process in a perfect world? How easy would that process be? Or what would that process look like? Well, in, in a perfect world, our employer would create an infrastructure for that to be part of the culture. Uh, that it was just not an afterthought, but part of what we do. Yeah. You know, if, it, if you look at, I'll take the Marine Corps, for example, fitness is what they do. Like, yeah. It's just, it's no question. You're going to get together and you're going to go work out. So if we did the same thing, the same concept with, if the employers would understand that that actually will pay dividends in the long run, and they created an infrastructure to support that, that is in a perfect world. We don't live in a perfect world. We live in a world with the bottom line, metrics, um, do more, do more, do more. <laughs> and so, and so really, I'm going to, I will tell you, like, I worked as the chief of <clears throat> resilience. Okay. I did everything I could in my power to try to get this message out. But I think there was a moment in that job where I realized, oh my goodness, the message isn't, hey, leaders. I mean, it is, don't get me wrong, but like, yeah. That I think the impact is isn't going to be from hey leaders make sure you create this infrastructure because I'm not sure the system will ever support that. Rather, the message is to each individual person: set your clear boundaries, know who you are, know what you're willing to sacrifice, and that will be a grassroots movement from the the bottom up. And then we'll start to see some change because if people band together and say hey we're not going to tolerate this, not everything is mission critical because then every, you know, nothing is. Um, and so that, that's my perfect world, but, but right now, given the realism, uh, the reality that we're in, I would say everybody has to look individually. These are great answers. And I know, I feel like these are some like tough in-depth questions, but you you have, you have amazing responses and insight. So it's good. A lot of uh, soul searching the last two years. (laughs) Thank you. I want to switch to some kind of like lighter topics and go a different (laughs) route. You do a lot. And something I'm constantly trying to evolve on. And I used to purposely use the word evolve instead of saying get better at or the phrase get better. When working on a new project, what method of organizing and planning do you use? Feel attacked. <laughs> no, no, so I, uh, I can look at you. Uh, well, actually, like just your whole overall boards and stuff in the back. Like I just uh, without meeting you, I just know that you're organized. It's very clear. Like I see you know, the whole, I can already picture like what your planner looks like. And let me see, let's take a picture of it. That'd be like a good photo for the I thing. Said, I, I should tell you, but okay. So what, ask me the question again. <laughs> <laughs> when working on a new project, what method of organizing and planning do you use? Like, so I started using bullet journal, uh, little, 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 uh, Bujo, bu- uh, bullet okay. journaling. Okay. And anyway, what do you got? Okay. So there's one thing that I, took from the military and I, I love it. And I feel like I can't ever do without it. And that is outlook. Like I have the, and it's the exact setup. This <laughs> is, you. It's yeah. the exact setup. I have all my PSTs. Like it's the thing that I use. Do you, do you color, uh, do you color like different meetings and stuff? A hundred percent. I do. I have, yeah. and look, this is, and then I, and then after it's in my online outlook, I put it in my actual. Of course I knew book. it. So I even, uh, even like the, um, not the hooks, but the things, you know, that hold it together. I just knew it'd be like those, those round things, but anyway, uh, as expected, as expected. So that's good. I love it. You profiled me. Nice. Yeah. 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 (laughs) 
You gotta get out of my head. No, that's great. So I referenced Susan earlier. Her and I have another friend named Amy. Uh, actually, Amy Long. I'll go ahead and give her a shout out. I know so, her. Yeah. Very shy, very reserved. No, <laughs> she's feisty. And I love <laughs> her for that. But I think it's been a while since I talked to her, but she referenced that before, like how you get so used to using Outlook where it's kind of like a hard thing to get away from are no longer active duty military, yeah. right? I don't, you know, we can say separate or retire, but you never really yeah. move well, on, Especially right? if you, I mean, I, let's see, I would say the, the, what, 20 years of my career, I've had Outlook. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where I just, I find it, because now I have both my <laughs> Gmails in there and my Outlook. And so I can just boom, one stop. And it's just makes things so easy. That's um, awesome. And I started, I started using Calendly for yeah. meetings Yep. And I actually just signed up because I'm, I'm creating digital courses. And so I'm like brand new at this whole process. So I've been taking a course on that and I'm, yeah. So, I mean, like I just step by step and I try not to bite too much off at once, but I'm so excited out here that like, I have to tell myself to calm down sometimes. No, it's good. I love, so I love your passionate energy. Like it's very obvious. It's very genuine. Like I can feel the good vibes. I can see like the glow in your face. Uh, It's refreshing. And inspiring, right? And Thank it's you. Uh, even, you know, I told you some of the things before we started recording, it's motivating me because like, this is what I want, like, where it's just, I can't help it when I'm just oozing with, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't feel bottlenecked or constrained. Yeah. It's just kind of like, man, I, you know, I'm just ready to go. You talked about Calendy and uh, some of the other things. So I've actually just paid for a writing class. You know, the, have you seen the master class? Yeah. yeah. So I just, I, uh, so I'm investing in myself in 2023 and I just paid for her to take a professional writing class. And afterwards, I'll tell you who it's with. Um, I think I can guess, but. Chad, uh, I, well, yeah, we'll talk after. Okay, but, okay, okay. Uh, it's, I, it's, I think it's going to surprise some people. And okay. I'll give you a clue. So I'm also uh, an actor. And it's some, and uh, and it is an actor. Okay. Yeah, Not my I, guess. Yeah. And I just did a play. Actually, I just did a play about five, uh, not five months ago, two months ago. I just did a, uh, and I love it because it's, yeah, it lights me up. You know, yeah. anyway, that's, uh, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about you. <laughs> All right. So one kind of standard question I ask, I do ask on my podcast is, uh, and I'm going to take it a different route, but typically the question I would ask is if there was a movie made about your life, who would, uh, actually, uh, I'm sorry, we're going to come back to that. Usually ask a question, when you think of a movie image that depicts leadership, who or what comes to mind? For you, I want to ask the question, when you think of a movie image that demonstrates a healthy state of mind, who or what comes to mind? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, a healthy state of mind. Oh, I'd have to say Rocky. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to say Rocky and and specifically Rocky Four because it's the best one. Wow. Um, <laughs> okay. I know. We can get into a debate. Yeah, I know. I like Rocky Three, but Rocky, yeah. Oh, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. They're all great. They're all well, great. They're all great. Okay, okay. Let's not go down that road because maybe they're not all great. But um, Rocky Four, I think that <clears throat> there is this. It's not just grit. It's not just. It's just this. It is grit, but it's also when he when you know, you know what you have to do. And you're being pulled towards it. And you know, if you don't go towards that, you will regret it for the rest of your life. That is the inner voice. And that is the inner mentality that we all should be listening to. And a lot of us are not. And Rocky just portrays that so clearly in that movie. And then when he gets there and listen, side note secret, um, every single PT test I ever took in the Air Force was with the Rocky Four soundtrack. Okay. No way. Wow. (laughs) Yes. And so, yeah, the, the no way out specifically got me around that's the, awesome. <laughs> the bend, but that's good. 
Yeah. But no, I think that's the movie. I just, I love the mentality. Yeah. My run song, I listen to a lot of Taylor Swift. Oh, nice. Yeah, a lot of great. Um, in a- the words of my 13-year-old daughter, you're basic. Because um, <laughs> that's what she told me. <laughs> so... So I, I mentioned uh, Lacey Alexander uh, before we started recording, and she was telling me a joke that her daughter says, and it was something – it's the same joke that I, I talk, uh, say about people when I don't like them or I'm just like put off. I'm like, oh, they peaked in high school. But she told me her 13-year-old daughter or however you know, says the same thing, and I'm like, that's hilarious. That's you know, that's great, great minds think alike. So if there, were, if there was a movie made about your life, what would the name of your movie be and who would play you? Who would play your husband? Mm-hmm. Since I just talked about Lacey, who would play Lacey Alexander? And I have a rec- <laughs> I have a recommendation. So um. Lacey looks so much like one of my sisters, but she's not an actress. Um, okay, so the title. Uh, let's go. Let me go to the who would play. So I have two options because I feel like they look like me. Okay, I've been told they look like me. You know, similarly. Um, one would be Heather Graham. God, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the big eyes. Um, it is. And then the other one is Anna Ferris. I get that one a lot, too. I could see that. I mean, she has a podcast now. <laughs> the Heather Gra- yeah, but those are great. Yeah, I could see both of those. So either one of them. Hmm. Uh, I'd like to see Anna in a more serious role. But my my movie would not be – I think it would be like a, a comedy drama because – I don't even know about the drama. But I just – I like to have fun. I think – Life is, you know, supposed to be lived. So live your life. There's the title. Perfect. Live your life. That's going to be the name of this podcast episode. (laughs) Who would play Lacey? And I have a recommendation if you don't have one. Please give me your recommendation. Uh, You think she'd be offended if I said Salma Hayek? No. No. And nothing like, like, I mean, I guess they kind of sort of look alike, but I uh, I just get like that, this, this vibrant energy from her. Uh, Yeah, totally. But. Or maybe Uma Thurman with I can see that. Ooh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Couple last questions. What sure. are three things? And I stole this from another podcast. Uh, what are three things you are grateful for? First thing I'm grateful for is my awakening. Okay. Um, second thing I'm grateful for is my health. And the third thing I'm grateful for is my love. The love I have surrounding me every single day. That's that beautiful. From my family. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Last question. If there was a giant billboard with your message on it for everyone to say to see, and let's just pretend that everyone's stuck in rush hour traffic, everyone has to see this billboard on the highway or interstate, and everyone knows it's not Heather Graham coming out with a new movie. Everyone knows it's Mary Polanco, but it has your message on it for the world to see. What would you want that message to say? That message would say, you first, and then underneath it would say, Everything you want to give to the outside world must be given to yourself first. Perfect. I love it. Hey, if people want to check out uh, your content and to find out more about you, where should, where's the best place to find you? Yeah, so um, LinkedIn has a, a lot of it. LinkedIn is a great way to connect, but I also have a YouTube channel called Live Well. And so I have um, a lot of guests on that channel as well as, you know, um, spot checks where we can talk about designing your life. So my Live Well channel on YouTube and um, Instagram as well is Mary Polanco Live Well. Perfect. And I'm going to link all this stuff 
uh, in the video and then just on my podcast show notes. One bonus stuff. I just want to give a shout out since I mentioned both of them multiple times to Lacey Alexander and Susan Mace. Uh, Lacey, I just met within the past six months. Susan Mace, I've known for years and who uh, I revere. She's a, a phenomenal leader in person. Who's someone you want to give a positive shout out to? Oh my gosh. Do I have to just pick one? <laughs> pick three. Pick three. Oh, yay. Okay. Um, I want to give a shout out to Todd Simmons. Todd Simmons has, he is, he epitomizes making <clears throat> a bigger table instead of building a bigger wall. And Ooh. I appreciate him to the depth um, as I transition out of the military. My second shout out um, would have to be to uh, David Satchel. Satch? His okay. mama calls him Satch, so you got to call him Satch. Um, he, uh, again, has been a wonderful friend and mentor along this new journey of mine. And then my third goes to Sarah Sparks, retired chief uh, from the Air Force Academy. Uh, she's been a mentor, best friend, sister uh, for 10 years, and I love her dearly. Yeah, thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. This is great. Really great. Really great questions. Like, very thought-provoking questions. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. That concludes another episode of Passing the Torch. Big thanks to my guest, Mary Polanco. Mary, I know you're listening, and I hope you really like this outro music. After meeting you, it just feels right. This is the vibe I got from you. And for everyone else, here's a quick recap of the episode and things I am taking away. Takeaway one, we have to protect our energy. It's finite. Know your limits left and right. Takeaway two, we evolve and outgrow. It's okay to accept that we are outgrowing something that has taught you the lessons we were destined to learn. And takeaway three, money cannot be the reason to put your life on hold. Invest in yourself so that you can truly live. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could follow, rate five stars, and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. If you are someone who listens on Spotify, please follow and rate five stars on there as well. If you found value in the episode, took something away from the conversation, and appreciated the insight, chances are there is someone out there who may as well. So I appreciate it when you share. You can text the episode to a friend and tag me on social media. Let me know what you were able to take away. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. And finally, remember, vision, relate, develop. Take care, everyone. Foster out.